When I first started making guitars, there were so many things that I didn't know that I didn't know. One of those was how to properly use a block plane. And it wasn't until years later that I began to wake up and realize that if I paid a little more attention and spent a little more effort and time, I could do so much more work, so much better, more efficiently. Uh, and it turned into an artful and beautiful process that I still really enjoy every time I get to do it. And this works for any tool. Today we're just going to be talking about how to use the block plane. And we're going to get into some of those finer points about why it's so important to master those fundamental skills. My name's Tom Bills. Thanks for stopping by to check out this video. Today, we're gonna to talk about the finer points of how to use a block plane. But before we jump into the good stuff, there's two things I need to tell you about just to give you a little context and frame of reference so it all makes a little more sense. So the video you're about to see is from what we call our Q&A jam session. We do this every month. It's part of the Luthier's Edge, which is my online guitar making school, where we get together and live stream here from my workshop and I answer questions and help people with problems they're dealing with. And we have some great conversations. And the question that was asked for this one that you're about to see was how to use the block plane. A lot of other great topics relating to the block plane and the importance of mastering those fundamental skills came up and I felt like it was an important one to share here with you guys. So uh, I think you're gonna enjoy it. The second thing is you'll hear me mention Eugene a lot. And just so you can understand that Eugene Clark was one of my biggest, was my biggest mentor when I was learning guitar making. Um, and so I mention him all the time because I'll forever be grateful for how much he taught me. And um, so I just wanted to mention that. So when you hear me talking about Eugene this and Eugene that, you can understand who he is. Um, if you don't know about him, you can probably Google around online a little bit. He was a true master luthier, an amazing guy, and, um, and just was a good friend too. So anyway, I think that wraps it up, um, and I think we're ready to get started. So let's go check out the video on how to use a block plane. I think it was Eugene who told me the thing about an Olympic athlete that separates him from another guy who's fast is the Olympic athlete has mastered the basics. You know, and some people are fast and they can do some tricks and do some tricky stuff and, and maybe get some fast, some better shoes or whatever. But none of that is going to compete with somebody who has mastered and refined those basic things to a point that it is just like that. It's just unbelievable. You know what I mean? And so that goes for all these things, too. And it really is fun because when you're doing something that could otherwise seem mundane, carving the neck you know, focusing on your technique, like we just talked about of carving that neck in different ways. And maybe, maybe I didn't say this, but maybe check your body mechanics, the way you're standing or how your feet are planted on the ground. Where are your hips? How close are you to the bench? Do you have your shoulders back like this? Or are you going down like this? You know, there's a lot of things like get that strong foundation. Most of the basic uh, woodworking maneuvers need feet firmly planted. Eugene always used to say, grab the ground, with your toes like a tiger. And um, I don't know, I, when I got back from that, I told my wife that, and so she's always made fun of me. Like if I'm saying, man, I'm having trouble with whatever, and she'd be like, are you, are you using the tiger stance and gripping the ground with your toes? Um, inside joke, I guess. But so <laughs> before I go on too much about that, we'll talk about the block plane a little bit. So first of all, 
before I even go to the plane, I wanna talk about holding the work. So I use this little guy a lot. I don't know if you guys have seen this before, but I think they call it a wonder dog. Um, it's a Veritas tool. They make such cool things. Um, but it's such a neat little, little thing because I can put it in the dog holes here. It's a little bit off the edge. Maybe I'll show you in this one first. So I can just pop this into a dog hole anywhere on the bench and then I can turn it. It's a little harder on this one. I use it on the end ones where this little crank is like off the bench. But anyway, you can screw this and it becomes like a little vise on the table. So this is one way I might typically do that is I pop it into this dog hole, push this one up a little. So I can quickly just put a little pressure on that and hold this piece, you know, in whatever orientation. Let's do it this way, maybe. See, so it's just like such a handy little place, a uh, little thing for doing stuff like this. Step one, make sure you hold the work properly. That is number one for any kind of this. Another thing I do is if you've seen the course on building the workbench, you know that this is a Rubo style bench. So the center part here can raise and lower. And, you know, typically when I made the bench, I made it so that this whole piece uh, comes out and then you slide it over and it actually, um, you know, kind of raises and then kind of locks in so that it's standing up. But the problem is that I always have junk on here like I do right now, my computer and all the stuff sitting here. So the way, the, the cheat way that I always do it is I just grab something, you know, like maybe even a file or whatever, and I just pop this end up and then I shove it underneath there like that, it's just so that it, that it just holding this end up without, so I don't have to stop and move everything on the other side. Anyway, so then this is another way to use a quick holding apparatus on here so you can do some planing or whatever. And this is super, super handy to be able to do that kind of thing too. Okay, so then when it comes to adjusting the cut, there's a couple things. So if you're using a plane like this, uh, this is a, this is, a, this is just a simple Stanley, um, like the cheapest Stanley plane. And this one has, you know, it has a wheel here to adjust how deep that blade's going through. This little setting here is gonna adjust the tilt of the blade in the base. But you probably can't see that moving, but it's moving quite a bit. I just moved it a lot. And then it has, this particular one has the front of the plane here can actually move a little bit as well. Can actually, to increase or decrease the, the gap right there. This one is a lot more simple and it's essentially just has a wheel here to hold that blade down and lock it in. And then it has a little wheel here to let that blade go forward or pull it back. The opening is not adjustable on this particular one. And so if you're gonna have to adjust the tilt, there's enough play in it that you can sort of just move that very subtly uh, left and right to adjust the tilt. And you'll know if you need to adjust the tilt if you make a cut and on one side it's cutting a, a deeper groove and then the other side it's not, you know, so the blade gets slanted over and then it's cutting deeper on one side than the other, then you're gonna wanna adjust that and get it um, set in the middle. But typically I start, you, you, you know, you feel it, I feel it with my finger to see, now that's almost nothing. So I can start there and of course, again, you wanna work on your body mechanics. 
So you're, you cut and then you pull back. That's the key thing. This, we've talked about this in, with cutting fret slots and we've talked about this with many things, probably filing. Um, this is just such a key thing, sanding even. It's, it's never rubbing. You know, it's always uh, your, the mentality, and this is another thing from Eugene that he opened my eyes to. I was completely oblivious to this, but it changed everything when I started thinking this way, is that my consciousness is right down. It's like I can see it, um, this edge, that razor edge as it's going into that wood. And that's what I'm kind of looking at in my mind. Not really consciously. I guess at one point it was conscious, but not anymore. And so I'm seeing that, I'm seeing the force like focusing down, right? All the force of my whole body is going down, funneling down to that point of that blade. And it just changes the, there's, there's a subtle change that happens when you do that. And it, and it just kind of pulls you away from the more brutish kind of like rubbing and just big motion with a lot of wasted energy to something where you're really just, it's almost like trying to chop a brick in half or something in the martial arts. It's all about focusing that energy, channeling it and multiplying it to do the work. And it gives you more control. So it's a cut. The cutting action is more intentional. That's the word, super intentional. Okay, so I'm getting super, super, super thin shavings. If I decide I want more than that, I can loosen this a little. And I'm just gonna go, just go a little at a time until you get it, until you get it where you need it. So even though that was a little, it was a lot more. So my approach and how hard I'm pushing on this is also changing. You can see what we're getting here now. It's a little thicker. And that might be where you wanna be. So if you're on a, like a flame maple or something that's uh, giving you issues with tear out, um, you're going to want to pay attention to number one, run out. So if you start to go in and all of a sudden it goes and it grabs and wants a chip, um, that's another reason why I'll start a new top, guitar top or something like that with almost no cutting happening. I'm gonna have that blade way out and barely cutting at all because if I'm gonna hit the wrong direction into some grain runout or something where those ends of that grain is gonna get caught and start to chip and tear, I want it to be as minimal as possible and I wanna be able to sense it. So I'll go through real lightly first and look for that. Again, uh, same thing with flame maple. I wanna figure out is this, I gotta get to know the wood. Is it gonna chip? Is it gonna let me do this? Um, sometimes, if it's very stubborn, you can start cutting on a skewed angle. So like if you can see my plane there is sort of on an angle that way. So I'm sort of more of a slicing action. You might want to try a different, you know, flip the workpiece around and find the sweet spot when you're, if you're hand planing a guitar top, I, you know, it's always a process of getting to know the wood. Once you know it, you know that, oh, this, this direction needs to go this way and, or this side of the top wants to go this way and this section here only wants to go this way. Uh, when you carve an arch top, that's really what that's all about, um, is getting to know that thing. So hold the workpiece, start with your blade very low, very easily, start bringing the cut in. You could even start with the blade not cutting at all, just very easily bring it in. You wanna find out, is the blade lined up left to right? You wanna find out, will the grain allow me to do this without ruining this piece of wood? Um, and you also wanna make sure that your body mechanics are right and that your piece of wood is firmly held in place in whatever way that you need to do it. I hope you enjoyed the video, found it helpful. Maybe it inspired you to spend a little more time working on 
those basic fundamentals. I think they're so important. And if you'd like to be there and be there live streaming in our next Q&A Jam session, check the links below to learn more about the Luthier's Edge, everything that's included, and how to join. And remember, mastering those fundamentals, mastering those basic techniques, we feel like they're boring when we first start out, but those are the things that give you a firm foundation and they're gonna set you up for success in everything that you do in your guitar making.